Welcome to Exceptionally Average, the podcast that shares the real and inspiring stories of normal everyday people. I'm your host, Ashley Mason, and today I want you to meet Christy Glenn. She's a young woman from Melbourne who one day, quite randomly, decided to ride her bike from Melbourne to Sydney to raise money and awareness for Parkinson's disease after her dad was diagnosed with the disease a few years ago. She teamed up with the Shake It Up Foundation, which is Michael J. Fox's foundation, and through her ride and some other events, she raised over $18,000. Today on the episode, we talk about what it's like to grow up in the country with a dad who's unwell, what inspires her to do what she does, and what motivates her to do better and be better every day. Let's get into it. Here's Christy. having me. Thank you for coming. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Made the trek out from sunshine. Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it's not too bad. Uh, that's good. Have you had a nice morning so far? Yeah, I, was, I actually was in town with uh, Nike doing like one of their Nike launches that they had for some shoes. So oh, it was a wow. bit of fun. Yeah. What did that involve? What were you doing there? Um, so they've launched their Joyride, which is about making running fun. So yeah. they kind of take you around dancing and running through the streets and half-hiving strangers. And yeah, it was oh, heaps wow. of fun. Yeah. So really cool. I did that this morning with them. Amazing. So I'm all sweaty. Yeah, and stuff. Wait, I'm clearly wearing <laughs> yeah. all Nike. Are you yeah. like, sponsored by Nike? No, or just no, like, along. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, very good fun. Um, <laughs> tell us about sort of what you do now because I know you're obviously an athlete or were an athlete. I don't know. We'll get into what you actually do, but uh, you teach Pilates as well and you do a couple of different things. So tell yeah. us about even what you do now. Um, so I actually wear a few different hats. So my main day job is I'm a radiation therapist. So oh. I work in, yeah, little known fact. Yeah. <laughs> we plan and deliver radiation yeah. treatment. Yeah, yeah. For cancer patients. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So that's so one hat. That's my main, <laughs> my main uh, day job. And then, yeah, I teach Pilates at night and on yeah. weekends. Yeah. Um, also a run coach and currently studying nutrition through Deakin. So oh, wow. <laughs> it's pretty full on. And then, yeah, things. obviously I... I uh, like to do endurance sports as well and so train. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. What endurance sports do you do? Um, so I was originally training for triathlon and I cooked my Achilles quite badly, which I just had surgery for in March. I was going to say, I saw some photos with you with like some sort of cast or boot yeah, or something. Yeah. Like. I was going to say, what was that? So Achilles, did yeah. you rupture it or? No, I had a tendonitis. So um, years ago I was a dancer and I kind of did it when I was doing all my dancing and things like that. And then when I took up running and gave up dancing, it kind of just escalated that injury. Yeah. yeah. So I'd had flare-ups on and off for about 10 years and eventually yeah. just stopped responding to any rehab and yeah, not I ran out of options. All. But no. yeah. <laughs> um, so you had that Achilles surgery, when was that? In March. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All going well. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been really good. It's been yeah. awesome. It's totally worth it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I wish so, I had done years ago. <laughs> Come in. Like, were you always really sporty as a kid? Tell us about what you were like growing up. Yeah, look, I was really sporty as a kid. Um, Mum and dad put us into lots of things. So, like, tennis, netball, I was a swimmer, did some running, um, dancing. Obviously, dancing was a massive part what of my life. What kind of dancing life. did you do? Um, actually, did Highland dancing. Oh, wow. Which is quite, yeah, yeah not <laughs> like not what I expected. Yeah, everyone kind of expects ballet in that. No, I did Highland dancing. Um, yeah, and I got quite high up in that and, yeah, <laughs> kept yeah, me busy. Wow. I was well, really involved. Because that's Scottish, isn't it? Yeah. What do you have a Scottish background? Yeah, I have a 
British Heritage. And, oh. um, I don't remember. I kind of got into it. We used to live in New South Wales and I got into it then. And yeah. My mum used to do ballet and then this came up and she was like, do you want to do this? There's teachers around yeah. the area that we lived in and I just kind of fell Amazing. into it and loved it. Very cool. Do you still yeah. do any of it now? Or like? No, I kind of gave it up. It was too hard because my teacher was in Melbourne and I was working in Geelong to kind yeah. of get to classes and things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And then I don't think I could have done it with my Achilles anyway. It's yeah. just too much. Yeah. And what else were you like as a kid? Were you really bubbly or outgoing? Because you've come across that way. But <laughs> toughens you up a little bit yeah. uh, dealing with the public and those kind of things big corporations yeah um, getting used to talking to strangers every day yeah yeah that kind of thing um and I think working in cancer puts everything into perspective so if you're really self-conscious like what's the point like at the end of the day yeah you know absolutely um and so how old were you when you sort of started doing more sports and things like that so was that like as you said you said that you played them all growing <laughs> yeah. up but when did that start turning serious like when did it go from just like I do swimming to like I'm an athlete uh, <laughs> no uh because I guess because dancing like I used to train three times a day mum and dad oh, wow. were running around with me were you like competing and stuff yeah well? yeah so yeah. I was competing a lot I competed Saturday and Sundays and like one day it might be up in New South Wales and the next day like it might be in Geelong or Melbourne yeah. and I don't know how mum and dad did it because they both ran their own business when I was a child yeah, wow. and growing up. So, so how old were you at this point? Um, so in my teenage years, I was really into it, like to the point that I know a lot of people think that when you're young, your parents kind of push you into that, but I was really driven with it. Yeah. Um, Mum and dad had pushed me to practice a little bit, <laughs> I <won't> lie. <laughs> but I loved the competition. Yeah. And so people going out to parties and things, I wouldn't go because I'd want to go to the competition and hang out with that social group. Like, you know, yeah. kind of create your own social group within sport. Yeah. And yeah, I just love the getting around and traveling with everyone. And, yeah, yeah. and you said you were quite driven yeah. like, to do that. Have you always had that personality? Because I suppose that's probably why you have so many hats on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you always like that? Like always quite self-driven and I, self-motivated? Um, I guess so. I think it probably comes from your family. So, um, growing up when I was really young, we lived in New South Wales. Um, and my dad's parents own a lot of land up there and are farmers. And when you're surrounded by that farm work ethic, <laughs> like, you know, and yeah. even as a kid, I, when my dad actually was really sick when I was a child as well. And we lived with my grandparents and we used to have to go out and feed the horses before school and things like that. And in the middle of winter, I'd just be like, Oh, stupid horses. <laughs> lymphoma um so he and mum were down here um living in Geelong and traveling back and forth to Melbourne for treatment he was at St V's here in Melbourne um, and you were still in New, South, still in New South Wales living with, oh, uh, with dad's parents and yeah. family and friends so like if there was harvest and things on sometimes we'd go to family friends yeah um because the community I lived in was about 500 people oh, what was so town? uh it's called Mullamine it's no, sort of it's <laughs> between, yeah no one really has so it's sort of just between Swan Hill Deniliquin and Barham is kind of yeah, the best okay. yeah yeah description tiny. of where it is so it's tiny and yeah. it's a really tight community and everyone knows everyone and yeah yeah like when dad was sick everyone just kind of rallied around the family which was amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's that like being a nine-year-old and having like did you have siblings around you as well yeah or? so I have two younger brothers I have Matt who's 15 months younger than me and Dave who's five years younger than me so yeah so yeah. Matt was 
eight and I think Dave was three turned four. Yeah. yeah as, a, as a nine year old, did you understand a lot of what was going on or? No, not really. Mum and Dad were really open though, like really open. Yeah. And when they came home, cause obviously being a small community, people talk and yeah. you know, you get on the school bus and they'll be like, Oh, my mum said your dad's going to die and all these kind of things. Cause oh, kids are kids, you yeah. know, like they don't have a filter. Yeah. Yeah. So if mum and dad were home, we'd have those discussions and really openly too, like yeah. really open. So we'd and say, we've been told that dad's going to die and they'd be like well that might happen and how do you feel about it like yeah they were so open there were conversations you had yeah. to have as a nine-year-old yeah it's really hard <laughs> yeah. yeah so he um, gives you perspective though yeah. from a really young age how long were they away from um so i think he was in and out of hospital for about 12 to 15 months yeah yeah wow yeah and, and then back and forth and we all got chicken pox when he had his bone marrow <laughs> transplant so we went quite a few months without seeing yeah. him so what's that like being a nine-year-old having your parents away and sort of the prospect of your dad passing away like do you remember that being really scary are we worried or um, yeah it was scary um and I don't know it was really I think at night like on the farm you'd sit on the back veranda because my grandparents actually have a really beautiful house up there on the river and if you felt really alone, like I used to just think we're under the same sky, like they could be sitting somewhere else and watching this sunset. Yeah. So I think that kind of makes the world feel a lot smaller because, yeah. you know, they would have been four or five hours away from us. Um, but I think cause I had my brothers there as well and mum and dad had talked to us every night. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd write letters and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dad was in hospital and we couldn't actually talk to him and yeah. So, I mean, he obviously came out of that like yeah yeah quite how long did that process take um so it took a little while so when he came back to the farm he wasn't allowed because they take so long to get their immune system back and he wasn't allowed to do much and he actually is a truck driver an interstate truck driver um so he kind of stepped away from the farm life but he ended up going back and doing a little bit of that because he couldn't um, run his own business and his brothers ran his business whilst he was yeah. sick, which was amazing. Um, just to keep it afloat. Yeah. And so mum actually took a, bought a business in Echuca. Um, and we moved there not long after, but she put herself back through uni or through like TAFE, I guess it is. And, oh, wow. um, became a beauty therapist. So, and she's always said to me, never ever rely on a husband or anyone to um, provide for you because she's like, they could be the best person in the world, but life could change. And she's like, you need to be independent. Don't ever be one of those women. I suppose it's such a silver lining, sort of really good lesson to come out of some really hard times. So then what were you like sort of as like your dad's home, where were you living at that point? So did you move to Echuca? Yeah, so you moved to Echuca. So you went to school in like, so your teens and stuff was all through Echuca? Yeah, so my teens were at Echuca, yeah. What was teenage? life like in a chica yeah good <laughs> <That's> <laughs> good yeah I kind of think kids get up to so much mischief but it tends to be harmless mischief but yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I mean good. you have a lot of space and because it's you know everybody knows each other you can go and do things a bit freely like you can ride your bike for miles and everyone you know you can kind of do yeah. the ring around the community and be like yeah. where are you and you know like everyone knows each other yeah so I think you do have a lot more freedom as a country kid yeah, wow. yeah to go out with your friends and, and mum and dad has said both owned a business so they're both really busy and I think you can tell oh, this might be incredibly stereotypical when I think of my friendship group of people that have grown up in the country there's just a different like aura about yeah. them like, <laughs> like you are 
genuinely like almost like it's interesting you say the word freer because that's yeah. kind of the if I think of all the friends I know that have grown up in country towns that's kind of the, the way I would describe them too they're generally yeah. a little freer and a little bit more laid back and, <laughs> yeah um it's such a like catch 22 though because you're like laid back but then you're also incredibly driven at the same time yeah that's it yeah. <laughs> so fast forward a few years yeah. so tell us about all the endurance events that you did and what you've done sort of as more into like your late teens and adult life so outside of dancing like when did you get into more competing and what did you do um so I started just doing a few fun runs and then it kind of got a little bit longer and I started doing slightly longer runs and things like that and um my husband actually said to me and I used to swim as well, just occasionally, just when I took my fancy, you know. Yeah. Like, um, and then my husband's like, why don't you do triathlon? He's like, you've ridden a bike all of your life as a kid because it was your motor transport and you love it and you run. And he's like, you can actually swim. And just go do a triathlon. Yeah. So then, yeah, I thought, oh, well, okay, we'll give this a crack. And me being me, I thought, let's just dive straight in the deep end and do a half Ironman. Oh, um, wow. Never sort of stop to think about what I'm doing sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, so I hired a coach to help me with that. How old were you then? Um, so, I don't know, early 30s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I hired my coach and we never quite got to the half Ironman because my Achilles just, every time we loaded up the run, they just crack it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So then we started to focus on what else we could do and then I just randomly thought up let's run the bike to Sydney <laughs> Melbourne awesome let's go the long way yeah see so what when, happens when did your dad's diagnosis with Parkinson's come into the picture um so that was 2016 he was diagnosed yeah so up until that point had been quite healthy again or um what we sort of led to as that a diagnosis? family could see a decline and we didn't know what it was and we were all really concerned about it and I think he knew too because he said to mum at one point you all think I'm crazy and we're like we don't think you're crazy so it's like there's something to climb yeah like he started to shuffle his voice got softer every now and again he forgets things and it's hard to know if that's a side effect of all the treatment that he had with Mm. his cancer which it possibly could be as well or if it's you know Parkinson's but it kind of coincided with him walking on like stepping down from his business and taking on another business where he could just work over the phone and things like that so he wasn't as physical all of a sudden either and he just seemed to decline really quickly how old was he um so in his 60s so here we 69 this year so in early 60s yeah yeah um yeah and he had foot surgery for um a hammer toe and when he was in the hospital the physiotherapist there was getting really impatient with him because he couldn't use the crutches and he wouldn't, couldn't follow the instructions. Yeah. And she said to me, like, he can't do this. You're going to have to put him into a respite. You can't take him home. And I was like, you're not putting my dad into respite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I will take him home. I'm like, yeah. my husband and I are both healthcare professionals. Yeah. Like, we can deal with this. But if you put him in respite, you're going to stress him out more. And he's just, he's not going to do what you want him to do anyway. Yeah. So, and so he hadn't had a diagnosis of Parkinson's at this no, point? No, he hadn't had a diagnosis of Parkinson's, yeah. How did the diagnosis come about? Um, he had, so from the... Uh, uh, surgery he actually got a massive bone infection and ended up on IV antibiotics for like two months or something so he lived with us um, for that time in Melbourne and we had like hospital in the home I think it's called mm-hmm. um, and then he went home and then from that on Father's Day weekend I happened to be home and he came down with pneumonia and from that he had a um, freeze event so he could actually couldn't get out of bed he couldn't sit up um, so I went and helped him 
getting out of bed and he literally crawled his way to the shower. Like he's so determined. It's ridiculous. Is he is that, <laughs> so stubborn? Is that his personality? Yeah, yeah, he's so he's stubborn. Yeah. And he hates hospitals because he's obviously spent so long in hospitals. He just yeah. hates them. Yeah. And I said, to him, we're going to have to call an ambulance. He's like, can you just take me? And I'm like, I actually can't get you into my car. I can't take you. He's yeah. like, you're not taking me to the hospital. And I said to mum, I will be the bad person and ring the ambulance. Yeah. Um, but mum ended up doing it. And yeah, from there, they thought he might have had a cancer relapse. They thought it might have been his brain because he's kind of cut all that out. Um, so when people ask him about it, he's like, oh, yeah, it happened. Like, <laughs> he can't yeah. tell you the details. Yeah. Um, and his mum said he was so drugged out of his head half of the time that he probably honestly doesn't remember. Yeah. But, yeah, um, so they thought he had, like, brain metastases and things like that yeah, there. And scary. they flew him down to Etworth and um, – I think they looked at his walk and things like that and said, it looks like he has Parkinson's. And yeah, from there, the diagnosis was confirmed. Yeah. How yeah. did he handle that diagnosis and how did you all handle it as a family? Um, it was actually like a relief, to be honest, because um, yeah. we all knew something was wrong and no one, like, it was really scary to watch his decline and not know what was actually happening and not yeah. have a diagnosis. Whereas if you have a diagnosis, you can deal with it and you know how to handle it and you just move forward. Yeah. Was he, so, yeah. was he always, um, quite physically active and fit? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Tell, yeah. Us about, tell us about what he was like. So he's so fit. So he used to play football and things like that for the local team. As I said, he worked on the farm. He rode horses. He's really outdoorsy. Yeah. He used to run along the um, channel banks on our farm and I used to go out with him some mornings for a run and yeah. hold him up. And, <laughs> and, um, so even though he was a truck driver, his job was actually to cart livestock, yeah. um, mainly pigs, believe it or not. So he <laughs> He would actually have to load and unload those animals and that's actually quite a physical job to climb up and Very down the, physical. the crate yeah. and lift the decks in the crate and yeah. So did yeah. he and you said if you put together the fact that he's always been physically active and then very stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> how did he handle sort of the prospect of Parkinson's? Because I imagine that's quite a tricky diagnosis to receive. I feel like he's just got on with it. Yeah. To be honest. So I hooked him up with um a gym in a I got in touch with them about training him and he's like, yep, yeah, that's fine. We can help him up and down the stairs. Yeah. Um so he goes in there and those boys just treat him like anyone else. So they don't talk to him about his Parkinson's yeah. and things like that. And I don't think he'd cope well with that. Yeah. And there's a group down in Geelong with the ride that have sort of got in touch with me and they refer to themselves as parkies. Oh. Whereas I don't think dad had ever referred to himself as that. Cause yeah. I remember we were going out one night for like a family function. He was a bit like, I don't want to go. I'm, you know, people just talked to me about Parkinson's and he's like, it's what I have. It's not who I am. So I don't think he'd ever want the actual label. If yeah, you know what I mean? The like, identity of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't identify with it at all, Yeah, but he'll do the rehab and he gets on with it. It's just something he can get on with. Yeah. It's yeah. just life. Yeah. <laughs> do you think you've got some of his characteristics in what you do? Like he just oh, certainly got his pig headedness. Yeah. <laughs> injections into my Achilles before I had surgery and I was sitting on the couch and I was like, I just want to do something. And I wanted to do for a while something to give back to society. Um, I think it's just really important to be involved in things like that because it's so easy to take everything these days. Um, and then, so I thought up this ride, um, and I spoke <laughs> to my coach about it and he's like, sure, we can do this, but just so was you know, it, this is like, a lot of work. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, so if I tell you, this will make it real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was 
simple as that. And yeah. then it was on. And then it was on. Yeah. yeah. And the training was hectic over how, summer. Yeah. How long did the training take and what, what did that involve? Um, so we took about nine months and we started off just indoors on the trainer because it's winter. And I actually, ride, so it's, just backtrack one little step. How long's the ride to Sydney? Like how many kilometers is um, that? So I think that's 1,300 or 1,400 because it went around the coast. And at that time, how many Ks had you ridden before in a one sitting? Um, I think I've done 90 Ks. <laughs> iconic and I have friends in Sydney and I do actually really like Sydney but I don't really have a reason to be honest it just seemed like a really good idea at the yeah. time so the training come back to the training like what, what did that involve um so yeah we started off on the trainer indoors so um yeah. with my bike hooked up to like a computer yeah. um to mimic hills and things like that and did lots of strength work and then we went out on the road over summer and um that were long rides. So I was out for four to six hours, depending on the training session. Wow. Um, my longest weekend was a straight day weekend. Cause it turned out to be like, I think it was a Monday or Friday off. I can't remember. Um, and I think I did a like five hour ride, a six hour ride and maybe like a five and a half hour ride. And I went out feeling really good. Cause I work with an amazing dietitian, um, Amy Giannotti here in Melbourne. So her plan <laughs> Um, and day one worked really well. And then I didn't quite follow the recovery plan <laughs> as oh well as I should have. And on the next day on this Sunday, oh, it was such hard work. Yeah. And it was horrendous. And my husband's actually a sports photographer as well. And he was working at the Australian Open. And I was like, I don't even think I can get through this ride. I've got no energy. I can't hit any of the targets my coach had set for me. Um, and so he sent all my family and friends messages. He's like, you've got to keep it going today. So on my cycling computer, just the whole time I was out there, I was like, you're doing really great. And he sent them all the link to my live track. So they're all following me. Yeah. And, and this is just your training. This is just my training. Yeah. yeah. And then I went home and just smashed carbs. Yeah. And I felt really good the next day. Oh, good. Yeah. At that point, were you thinking like, how the hell am I going to do this? Yeah. Ride? At that point I was like, like, what am I doing? Like, I can't do this. Yeah. This how is ridiculous. How far from the ride was that? So that was in January, so Australia Day weekend. So yeah. and I left on the second of March. So yeah, probably oh, yeah, just so very close. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Yeah, well, tell yeah. us about the ride itself. Um, so I started at Kettlefit in Port Melbourne, where I train, um, and then headed out down Beach Parade and sort of out of Melbourne that way, down yeah. towards Inverloch and that. Um, was there a lot to like get the like? Did, I know you were doing it for fundraising. So mm. like, was there a lot sort of before you actually started the ride that you had to get companies involved or yeah, like so organize like accommodation along the way? Like how big was it to organize? Yeah. This was event? Logistics was, <laughs> I was going to say, imagine <laughs> there was more, like, yeah. <laughs> pretty hectic so, so what um, were the logistics like so i actually had a proper logo made up for it so part of the parkinson's in motion logo was made by a guy in geelong who does a lot of charity work himself um yep. his name's trav zimmer and mm-hmm. he, yeah he made that which was amazing um so we got that put on shirts and things like that uh for the ride yeah um accommodation before we sort of started was just going to be my husband jason and i and then I said, let's get dad to come along. It's the whole point I'm doing it. But then that changes what you need on the way. Cause you can't just camp. We ended up needing to book like Airbnbs. Yeah. Um, we had to be careful with stairs, no bar, like showers over the baths and things like that. So it actually required a lot more yeah, thought. Yeah, a lot of planning. Yeah. Um, we packed a lot of food. So we got a trailer off Jason's parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Oh, I'm gonna cookies. I'll make that for you. So did you, like, how was that, you know, a couple of months before you left, you were worried you weren't going to do it? Yeah. Did you, like, by the time you got there, were you confident you could or what um, sort of happened? I was pretty nervous, actually, because yeah. also I had a stack on a New Year's Day on my bike on a downhill and I knew Ooh. that once I kind of got on the way, I was going to be doing some hills. Yeah. Um, a guy from uh, Williamstown or Yarraville came out one morning with me and did some hills with me just to, like... <laughs> himself from uh, Fremantle to Sydney oh, wow. and I think he left like the day after I arrived in Sydney oh. yeah he is he's nice great. Yeah. he's insane <laughs> I don't know how he did I think he was out there for like three or four weeks yeah wow. <laughs> yeah that's insane um so yeah he was a really good person to get some yeah. tips off <laughs> absolutely um so yeah I was really nervous when I left um but I kind of settled into it I will say that is it Beach Road yeah that's oh it's I've never man. ridden along it um yeah and I couldn't believe like how hectic it is with cycling groups and some of them are really aggressive and like as a, as a fellow cyclist you kind of it took me by surprise I won't lie and I had a, um, a gentleman come up beside me and he was on his own and he's like do you want me to ride with you because he's like it's really aggressive along here for cycling yeah. and I was just like I can't believe it I can't believe I'm falling off my bike already yeah. like it is it's crazy yeah like yeah it's nuts. I'm just like, why the rush? Like, just calm down. Yeah, it was on like a weekend as well. Yeah, it was yeah. on Saturday morning. Yeah, it was nuts. There's hundreds of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like they take up four lanes. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of cyclists. Yeah. So you'd obviously mapped out which way you were going to go. Yeah. Did you have like a sort of certain time frame that you had to make each checkpoint by or were you kind of taking it as you go or um well because we'd booked accommodation the whole way we did have to get to places and yeah. we did have the discussion of what happens if you know we get like terrible weather and you actually can't ride and we'll like we'll have to go ahead by the car and then come back and try and make up the case and yeah. yeah we kind of had a chat about it and um I did get so I actually left when the bushfire crisis happened oh, that was wow. also the first day of the bushfire crisis in Victoria Smart timing. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so in March, getting like 40 degree days, which actually the temperature doesn't bother me. Yeah. I hate the cold, but I'm far better in the heat. Oh, really? Yeah, so the temperature didn't bother me at all, but we were sort of coming out of Melbourne and I saw these big clouds in the sky and the boys pulled over in the car and I was like, what is that? <laughs> What's going on over there? And they're like, I don't know. We'll just keep riding and we'll see what happens. And then, yeah, our combination that night had like the fires everywhere. And, oh, wow. Yeah. That's scary yeah so did you make it to Sydney or what happened um so yeah so I made it to Lake's entrance non-stop or just outside I think about 10k outside of Lake's entrance so um the fires ended up being the least of my worries and it ended up being cars especially down in Gippsland for some reason I had lots of trouble with cars so in one day I thought two days we had a four-wheel drive with a caravan with no one coming the opposite direction on a country road, straight, flat. Um, he just ran me off the road. Um, oh, and then in sale, I had a four-wheel drive at a roundabout. I can't believe I didn't fall sideways. I just got my foot unclipped before I was like on my side at a roundabout. Oh, no. And then I nearly got hit by a B-double truck outside of um, Lake's entrance, who again yeah. could have had so much space to get around me and didn't and 
Like at that point I got off my bike and the boys were like about a kilometer up the road from where that happened, waiting for me to come by. I was like, I'm done. I just can't do this. Yeah. This is getting too dangerous. Yeah. Um, so from there I had a chat with the boys and I had a chat with my coach and my coach has just said, look, it's not worth your life. You know, you're out here to raise awareness. Um, how about you start to get creative make some stuff up. He's like, think about what you can do for Parkinson's and we'll talk in the morning. I'll say, how are you feeling? And he rang the next morning and I was like, I'm going to try the rail trail. And it turned out it was so rough and I have a road bike. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so I can't do the rail trail. So I pretty quickly backtracked yeah. back to Lake's entrance from that. Um, yeah. And then we ended up jumping in the car for a couple of days where I could, if we were, could get on some back roads. Um, I had a friend say to go up over the, I think, dividing range to in towards Canberra and go in that way. But then as my coach pointed out, we hadn't done enough hills for that. And he's like, you'll just cook yourself yeah. on day one. So he's like, don't do that. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I ended up doing some runs with my very cranky Achilles. I did a 4K swim one day, which my coach would probably would have fallen over. <laughs> I'm pretty slack with getting to school these days. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the last day, um, the guy who rode from Fremantle to Sydney actually sent me the, his route into Sydney. So I rode the last day into Sydney and Sydney is so bike friendly. Yeah. You wouldn't think it. Like yeah, you think it's, I was terrified of riding in Sydney, but it's yeah. got like cycle highways underneath all the freeways. Um, and if it's a shared zone, okay. it's so clearly marked that it's a shared yeah. zone, like on the road and like signed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I know you, like last time we spoke, you were doing, so when you had to kind of get creative about how you could raise awareness, did you do like stops along the way? Yeah. Awareness for Parkinson's or like tell us a bit more about that. So we did a few hikes and things like that, like Parkinson's friendly hikes with dad and we made him more of the feature of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and things like that. Uh, and just put up, I was putting up little facts every day on my Instagram about Parkinson's and things like that. Cause yeah. lots of people like myself, I didn't know until I knew someone with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we we're doing all those kind of things along the way. Yeah. Amazing. And then how much money did you raise? Um, so when I got back, I also had my friend Lucy organized a trivia night in Geelong, um, which Ben and Andy from the block hosted, which was amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so with that, I think we raised like six and a half thousand dollars that night. And in total, it ended up being like eighteen and a half thousand dollars that we amazing. raised. Yeah. And um, that was, who was that for? Uh, so that was for Shake It Up. So yeah. part of the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So it was awesome. I was lucky enough because dad is from a really small community in New South Wales. Um, we got some really big donations from up that way, like a thousand dollar donations and things like that, which was amazing. amazing. But that just shows like a tight community, even though dad doesn't live there anymore. Yeah. They sort of grow up together. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. So what sort of things helped you to stay motivated along the way? I imagine there were some pretty shitty times like when you were yeah. like when you sort of thought you had to give up on the ride and sort of what was it that sort of motivated you to keep going um I think the fact that I told everyone I was doing this and you know you've got a bit people, of accountability yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got people that are believing in you to do this and my dad was there with me I was like I'm doing this for him it can't be about you and you know you need to try and make this work the best way you can like however that is um I think one day I even did a little mini triathlon just that was fun (laughs) just to test myself out of it um but yeah when you've got and you've got people watching and following you don't want to let anyone down 
So it becomes bigger than you. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that was important. And I had a few people say like my coach and Amy, my dietitian will like it actually added a bit of spice and interest to it yeah. to see what you were doing each day. And yeah, keep Amazing. it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you dad would have been pretty proud. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the photo, there's a photo on my Instagram um, of us under the Sydney Harbour Bridge that my husband captured. Yeah. I was hugging and he was pretty happy because <laughs> oh. he's never been to Sydney either. Yeah. yeah so. so what did you do once you got there? Did you like, are you obviously a bit right? <laughs> Um, and then my friends, uh, so my friend Lucy, who 
uh, held the trivia night for me. Uh, she recently just started running because she was inspired by the ride and she'd go running when I was out riding and she'd be like, well, she's out there riding in this ridiculous heat and is hating it right now. So I'll go and do my run. And she actually ran her first 5k yeah. run Melbourne and I ran beside her and you know, like things like that and to her, it doesn't seem like that big a deal, but I just find that so inspiring that someone had the guts to start and put themselves out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think just people that share their journey, like Amy, my dietitian, I find her so inspiring and her whole journey that she's been on, if you follow her Instagram, yeah, just it's not easy to put yourself out there and have people watching your journey and critiquing it. And yeah. Was that a hard thing for you to learn as well? What, like that? having people watch your journey and follow yeah. it and was that like it was intimidating surreal sometimes. And yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but then I've also learned so much and I've stepped out of my comfort zone so much. Like previously I would have just totally shied away from doing something like we're doing today. And <laughs> I've been on a radio show and I spoke to a Parkinson's support group the other day in Geelong and those things that I would have once been terrified of doing. <laughs> and I just started to do them. Like it's just sort of come on the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there was a lot of personal growth and I think I had a lot of time out there to think yeah. quite yeah, deeply what goes, what about myself when you're on the bike in the middle of the nowhere like sometimes nothing sometimes like it's a pep talk or well, yeah. you, you probably don't listen to music I imagine oh uh, yeah sometimes, sometimes I do I tend to put in my left ear so I can kind of still hear my right yeah what's, um, what's your playlist go to um well believe it or not so my dad is a country music fan and I was listening to a lot of his music because he yeah. was my inspiration yeah. and I found it really calming so yeah, wow. yeah so I had this whole like my dad's name's uh, Philip, but we call him Philby, so I have this whole Philby playlist <laughs> for my ride. Yeah. Incredible. Of all of his tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's amazing. So you finished the ride. What did you do when you got home? Like, what do you, where do you go from there? Like, was it just straight back to work and business as usual? Um, no, well, I went back to work for one day, I think it was, and then I had my Achilles surgery. So, yeah, I kind of timed it because I was like, well, I'll be at my fittest and my strongest. So in theory, my recovery should be like as good as it can be, which is why I sort of did it then. And I teed up to study nutrition just because every time I spoke to Amy, I was like, I want to know more. I want to know more. And I was like, I'm going to have all this downtime. So why don't you spend it? doing something that yeah. interests you yeah amazing yeah. so, so I wasn't sitting on the couch yeah because yep. I know my mum was really concerned that I was going to go from everything training really hard to nothing yeah for a while yeah did you find that a bit of a struggle mentally like um like injury processes uh, as um. someone who's been injured myself <laughs> um and it's like you're obviously very physically active so how did you go from being like super fit and active to not being able to do anything um well I think well having study really kept me grounded and kept me focused and then I also just did heaps of mat pilates at home because you can do so much pilates that isn't weight bearing so when I was on crutches and not being able to weight bear I was doing heaps of pilates and things like that I put lots of flows up on Instagram I, I was like, yeah. when I first 
spoke to you, I was trying to remember how I got on to you. And <laughs> yeah. I actually think, because I was going back through your Instagram feed when I was preparing for this interview, and I actually think it was like Pilates videos that yeah. <laughs> I started following you on, and it would have been around the time that you probably were, yeah, just putting up yeah. Pilates videos. Yeah, and, yeah. at so, home, yeah, with my dogs. Yeah. <laughs> just, and it also broke out my day, I won't lie. <laughs> just yeah, like, just do gave that. you something yeah, to just, do. Yeah. Yeah. Something different, awesome. My husband was at work, and yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what's next? What are you up to? You obviously are still teaching Pilates and yeah. radiation. Any more big, like, will you ever get back to with the half Ironman? Or? Um, I don't know. Um, I was having this discussion the other day with someone, and I don't know that I want to spend another summer on my bike just yet. Um, because a lot of my friends don't actually do these things it can be really isolating and I'm quite a social person yeah I'm like I just don't know if I'm psychologically ready for that but there is a running race in the U.S. called um the speed project I don't know if you've heard of it not no, that many people have so it's a relay you can do it any way you want there's no rules other than it has to be on foot from um LA to Vegas so like there's teams of six or there's teams of 12 and yeah oh, people wow. run Around the clock. So you just do like <laughs> through the desert. Yeah, so you, to get there. Yeah, and you can do whatever you like. So I think the Adidas team, I think I heard they were doing like three minute efforts and just continuously running it, like yeah. switching over runners. And then another team were doing like 5K runs and they found that too long. So they broke it back down. And yeah. depending on what terrain they were in, like I think the Aussie and New Zealand girls were doing 200 meter efforts through the sand dunes. And yeah. Crazy. So, um, I would like to do that. Have you <laughs> been back running since your Achilles surgery? Yes, I've been running. Um, yeah. And I'm going to hopefully do the half at Melbourne Marathon weekend. Yeah, yeah. amazing. <laughs> so it's October. It's coming, yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, it's coming up quick. Yeah. Yeah, so they're kind of my big things and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but I've also started a... Well, I'm hoping to start a little running community. I did see that. Yeah. I was going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, is it like Lime? Lime Heart. Lime Heart. Yeah. 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 Um, Tell us about that. So I've been coaching my friend who did a 5K the other day, Lucy, um, and I've been coaching a couple of other people. And then from her, especially from Lucy, from her experience of just wanting to start, I wanted to create a community that's a safe place for people to come and start and not be isolated as well because, as I said, sometimes – doing endurance sports can be really isolating so um, so yeah so hopefully we can get that off the ground yeah <laughs> that's my good project yeah what is the little side hustle perhaps you want to call a side hustle <laughs> no it's uh, a bit crazy but anyway yeah um what sort of drives you to I mean we know you said that you're always really driven but what is it that sort of drives you to keep doing more things and things like the ride and going out and starting a community group and giving talks to, to Parkinson's groups and not just going back to being a radiation therapist and doing that for the rest of your life. I think, well, as my job as a radiation therapist, you see so many people come in and especially end of life and they're just like, you know, none of the small stuff matters. And at the end of the day, like you can have all this fancy stuff in your life, but what does it actually matter? And it's all about your family and your friends and your community. And, um, I think that kind of inspires me to keep going and I just want to do better. You know what I mean? Like that probably sounds really crazy, but I just want to do better and be better and hopefully inspire other people to live their best life and, um, to be active too, because, there's so many preventable diseases and I see them every day come through the hospital that a better lifestyle could have totally changed that for people. 
So hopefully I can prevent some of that. It's very grounding working with people that are ill or unwell or injured. Like I get the same sort of thing out of what I do because I'm a physiotherapist obviously. And like, yeah, you see people that that might have like chronic fatigue syndrome or um, or just they've had an Achilles surgery (laughs) and they're stuck on the couch. And, you know, it just gives you perspective on like – Kind of like you said something that stuck out before about your mum told you when you were younger that you can, you know, have someone next to you that's supportive or they can be the best person yeah. and you can have all these things in your life, but life can change yeah. so quickly. And I see that every day and it yeah. just gives you a lot of perspective on, yeah, like in, enjoying little things and making the most out of yeah. what you've got and what, what you're capable of doing. Yeah. And I think I saw that firsthand with dad and like how he's dealt with both of his diagnoses. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so I like to finish these episodes off with a fast five. Like a rapid <laughs> oh fire. Like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Everyone gets like really nervous and scared, but I promise they're, they're not that scary. So number one, three words that best describe you. Um, stubborn, um, kind, and generous. <laughs> Lovely. Um, finish the sentence, I'm happiest when... I'm with my husband and my dogs. <laughs> yeah. What dogs do you have? Uh, so I have a miniature fox terrier and a miniature dash hound. Oh, cute. The dash hound is the handful. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that. I've got friends that have, like, yeah. they're the sausage dogs, right? Yeah. I have friends that have those and they, they say they're all cute, but they're, they're like, hilarious. they're full of, like, energy and they yeah. just, like, destroy things. And they're, yeah. Like, she's quite destructive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, funny. Um, what's something about you that not many people know? Um, I told this podcast that I'm a radiation therapist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lots of people don't know that. Yeah, yeah wow. Yeah. And that's what you do with, like, with yeah, most that's what of your time, like, most of the week. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? Uh, what's? What do you do first thing in the morning? What's the first thing you do when you get up? I generally get a coffee. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Straight to the coffee machine before I like start training. Yeah. I feel yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and what's your favorite quote? Um, don't look back. You're not going that way. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. very fitting for the ride, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did have that mantra in my head a few times. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Well, I think that's a really nice place to, to wrap it up and finish cool. there. Thanks um, for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming to talk to me. I think, uh, like, I mean, the whole reason I do this podcast is I think there's so many inspiring things that we can hear from just like everyday people going about their lives like you. Like it's, um, you know, you you just – do things and that's just your life and that's just (laughs) you and you don't stop to think twice but I think it's really inspiring what you're doing and incredible what you're doing so keep it up Um, and I'll of course pop in the show notes where people can find you on like Instagram and the Lionhearts community they can follow there Um, and of course all the Parkinson's Emotion stuff too yeah I'll put all those details in the show notes so people can find you and follow your journey because I'm sure there will be lots more to come (laughs) I somehow doubt that that's where it all ends yeah Think um, of something else crazy. Yeah, watch this space. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Christy. Thanks for coming to talk to me. Well, thank it was you. Lovely to have you. Thanks for having me on. Before I sat down to record this episode, I had been following Christy on Instagram for a little while. I think, as you heard in the episode, she had some Pilates videos, and that's how I first got onto following her. And it was after that that I learned about her journey and the ride. And There's something so positive about her social media page. I wanted to read a little excerpt from one of her posts recently. She says, 
No one is doing it all or doing it all perfectly. It's easy to look at someone and think they have it all together and are always accomplishing so much. We put so much on our plates and then pile so much expectation on ourselves to accomplish it all that it can feel crushing, like we will never catch up. Then you see someone who appears to have it all together when the reality is they are probably feeling the same way you are about someone else. This is your reminder to stop to catch your breath and focus on all the blessings you have in your life. If you're always hustling, you'll never have time to stop and be grateful for what you already have. Instead, you'll find yourself burnt out and exhausted and then not helping anyone, least of all yourself. It doesn't matter what others are doing or what you think they are doing. Do what you can and do it well. And I think that sums up perfectly Christy and what she's about. I think it's her social media page is a little beautiful hub of inspiration and motivation and just lots of happiness and happy vibes so you can follow her at christy glenn that's c-h-r-i-s-t-y-g-l-e-n-n i'll of course pop that in the show notes and if you loved this episode please take a photo of your phone right now screenshot it and pop it on Instagram, tag Christy, tag me. You can find me at Exceptionally Average Podcast. And of course, if you love the episode, please click follow and subscribe. That helps us out in the charts and tell your friends about it. Or if you're loving this podcast and getting little doses of inspiration each week, I would love to share that with more people. So tell your friends and share the good vibes. (laughs) I'll see you all next week. Well, you'll hear me back in your ears next week. Catch you then. Bye.